Good morning, good afternoon, good night. It's Xavi. If you know me, I'm happy you're here. If you don't, I converted a moving truck into a tiny home amidst the pandemic, gave up my place, and hit the road. Starting in Vancouver, I drove to Miami and realized that there was too much adventure not to share. So to fill you in on my journey, the Play On Foundation presents the Two Degrees Podcast. Why two degrees? Because I'm now a snowbird and escaping two degree weather. I built the truck wrong and the majority of the weight is on the passenger side, so we're tilted at two degrees. But also, I'm going to catch up with industry professionals who I'm glad to call friends and bring you two degrees of separation away from them and what they do. So, welcome to the Two Degrees Podcast. Brought to you by the Playon Foundation for Neurological Research and Brain Aneurysm Detection and Prevention. To learn more about the Playon Foundation, check out www.letsplayon.org. But for now, enjoy the show. Um, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Doing blessed. Nice. Um, going on a trip soon leaving this weekend so excited mexico. for that mexico getting some stuff together yeah mexico sick sick sweet awesome um how much time you got for me um i got i got time bro okay I mean, cool. time through, yeah um they just left so everyone is just chilling sick so i guess we'll aim for an hour um but if the conversation is good we'll just keep it flowing but uh yeah Everybody, welcome back to the Two Degrees Podcast. New season. This is season four. Honestly, didn't think I was going to do it just because, man, it's hard running a fucking podcast, <laughs> especially when it's solo. Just doing all the promo for it, doing all the editing, but there's just so much more talent that I feel I want to highlight and put on and try just to get people's names out. I feel like that's that's just how this has been shaping up with the podcast and being back in Toronto surrounded by so many more fantastic and talented individuals. We're back season four. So everybody, welcome to the Two Degrees Podcast brought to you by the Play On Foundation. It's your boy Chavi and today's guest, he is an incredible actor. Um, an artist all around through and through and he is from the beautiful island of Jamaica Yadman Orville Cummings yo what's going on Orville how you doing yo Wagwan uh, Wagwan <laughs> I love that I love that intro I love that oh, intro love it, love so it. I say, yeah I say that you know I kind of feel you on the it's hard running a podcast because I don't know I don't know if you know this but I used to have a podcast that I used to have. So I know the hard work that goes into it. So good on you for keeping it going. And for a good reason too, it's not just to have a podcast. Cause I did it just to have a podcast. I wasn't sure what my aim was, but you seem gotcha. to have a very solid aim on this one. So yeah. it's good that the season four, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So good on you. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm also, I upgraded for this season as well. Like honestly, yeah, eh? I, and I made this decision an hour ago. I was like, am I going to, cause all my other, interviews are like an hour at least yeah. an hour so some of them some of them even went to two hours just because like the conversation was really good and but the thing is is like zoom now really is strict on the 40 minutes mm. it's, so it's like am i gonna am I, am I gonna am i gonna pay so i can have the full conversations or am i just gonna keep it at 40 minutes 
because that's the limit. And I was like, fuck it, no, let's just let's just do this. So on top of that, I have features now. I have I can do different backgrounds and like look for let's see let's see what this one is i'm just i was before you came on i was just playing around with like all the different backgrounds and seeing what the different ones are <laughs> do you also have that stuff on your side yeah i think i do I don't, i'm not sure where to where to where to go for that like what the heck ai yeah. companion <laughs> what is this ai companion thing i'm scared to click it that's crazy and i'm yeah i have no idea are we like gonna have oh say less what what less. what's what's the ai companion thing this guy <laughs> <laughs> let's let's start there let's start there so your background right now people can't see orville said his background to what is this the enterprise yes this is the old one that's the old one but uh one of orville's credits for his acting is star trek discovery right that's correct Let's start there. Tell me about Star Trek Discovery. Oh, man. Is there any particular part of it you want me to dive into first? Because I don't even know where to start, to be honest with you. Um, Start with, did you know it was Star Trek when you got the audition? Because I know that they had, like, code yeah. names and stuff. Yeah, they had a lot of code names and uh, and stuff. Uh, I, I didn't know it was Star Trek. I did research and you know, process of elimination and narrowed it down to Star Trek. Mm. Uh, so, cause that's kind of like something I like to do with like, I love, I love when they, when they don't want to tell me what it is. It drives me crazy. I'm just like, just tell me it's fine. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Sign the NDA. Don't tell anyone, but I can't tell anyone anything if I don't even know what it is. Like what? I have talk told everybody. <laughs> Whenever I sign an NDA, everybody's like, yo, what project are you working on? <laughs> yo, that's hilarious. Like, that's so I, hilarious. Yeah. But like I'll 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 only tell people that's a lie. I've definitely broken my NDA on stage before. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> into a microphone, into a room full of people. I've done into that. A whole set of people. They could someone could have been recording. Could have. Could have. That's crazy. That yeah, but I, I, I didn't know at first, but I did some research because I love when they don't tell me and I just do the research and find out anyways. Mm. And I'm just like, look at that. It's public news, but like, just tell me. Like, When you say you did the research, like what kind of research? Uh, Well, first of all, just like looking like what uh, the names are in the script kind of mm. like gave it away that it was a sci-fi. Gotcha. Um, now looking up like the names because like one of them the scene is with the lead and i'm just like okay the lead they they, they shortened the name to make it not the, 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 they use a different part of their name to throw mm. one up i'm like you're not even like being sneaky about it like you're not even being slick about it so i looked mm. that up found out the name of this connect that dot to that dot and then i figured out that it was star trek i'm like ah oh, that's what we doing gotcha. say less yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. funny nice and then what was that experience like filming and then did you work with any of the leads as well? Yes. Um, so you were on the bridge, weren't you? I was on the bridge. Yeah. That's correct. Um, I was on the bridge. Uh, working there was... It, it's as sick as you would imagine, to be honest with you, because mm. uh, when I was going in there, I thought I was going to walk into like this place uh, filled with green screens and everything, you know what I'm saying? But there's a lot of practical stuff they use on the show, like especially the explosions. And I'll emphasize that there's a lot of explosions there. Like sick. It, it's crazy. You can feel the yeah. like pyrotechnics and explosives. Yeah, it's going ham, which uh... adds to the immersion and it helps me as an actor, you know, because 
I look at this experience that I had with filming Star Trek as, you know, when you're a kid and you have like a, uh, I don't know, like a, uh, a delivery box, you go in and you pretend it's like your spaceship or any little corner you could find, you pretend like it's your spaceship and it's like, it felt like I was being a kid again, but like, mm -hmm. you know, with a higher budget, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, so, that's fair, yeah. yeah. It was really fun and the people I worked with on, I've worked uh, closely with the lead because she's a captain of the ship, so she's all of my scenes are with her yeah. and I've worked with some other amazing artists and, and, and talent on the, on the show. And nice. it, it's, it's, it, it was a great experience. I'm yeah. super grateful for it. How many episodes did you get? Uh, so when I first got hired for the show in season four, uh, I was hired for three episodes and then near Christmas of 2020, hmm. um, my agent told me that they're expanding the role to like eight and i'm like so oh that's crazy yeah and then after that season passes by and you're just like are they gonna bring me back i don't know we don't know but we're just trying to make peace with it or whatever because yeah. you know keep this stuff moving we can't be waiting long exactly and it's funny because like this was when the time i was waiting for them to let me know i was going to miami for my my film that i shot in 2020 also by the mango and we're going to the american black film festival mm -hmm. but then Star Trek hit me up and was like, hey, we're thinking we're using you again. These are tentative dates. And one of them was in June. And it was the same time we were gonna leave. So we're just like, yo, am I not gonna be able to go to Miami with my friends to go watch this film? Because, you know, I might be filming on this day, but they're not telling me. So it was two weeks, actually a week and a half before the date that we were supposed to go to Miami that they they gave me my dates. And it was just like like a couple of days after uh the day I would come back. Uh so mm. I didn't have a, a plane ticket or anything. I, it was just convenience that one of my other friends, she couldn't come because she booked something else. Yeah. It was during those days, so she had to transfer her tickets to me. And it was is that a thing? Can you do that? Yeah, apparently. I I don't know how they did it. It's just like you know, now this ticket's mine. I just like you transfer the person, yeah. uh, the friend who sent me the ticket, and then we move on. So, yeah, that that was crazy. Yeah, yeah, nice. But yeah, yeah, I, and then, sorry, and then they brought me back in season five, and it was ten episodes. Nice. So, yeah, because like I, I recall seeing you on those pictures, like in Miami for that yeah. premiere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, sick. Um, so two degrees podcast. Depending on who my guests are, sometimes I like to spark up because that's just spark it up. Why not? Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I'm, I'm entering a phase where I want to get back into matches. <laughs> no more lighters. Matches? Yeah. No more lighters. I don't awesome. know. There was a uh, one time where can't remember what I was going through, but I was hanging out on the beach with some friends, and then just a group of girls came up to us and was just like, "Anybody have a lighter?" It's like nobody said anything. It's like I got matches, and it's like, oh, um, I don't, I, I don't know how to use matches. Like it's cool, and then I lit her a cigarette for her with the match, and like it was just so smooth. Just one stroke, here you go, there, throw the match, and then like I just went back into my conversation, and then like she was there just hanging out, and I was like, oh, did you need anything? It's like no, just not to hang. And then apparently. It was just the coolest thing that any of the guys had ever seen. <laughs> Where it's just like you lit somebody's cigarette, 
with the match and just like carried on like that was just normal and i was just like is that not i don't know is that a thing just uh that's like funny i i i personally like matches myself yeah uh, i think it's funny that people nowadays one don't know what a light match is i'm just like mm. damn we move past matches that much that we the next generation doesn't know how to light matches that's kind yeah. of crazy and right. I, I just like you know lighting matches is fun you know the, look at that y'all can't see that but look at that it's i don't so know if you ever, i don't know if you ever seen this video of this guy and he's like in india they cut him the the dali chai lama and he's like making chai tea on the side of the road and one of the part of his service is like if you put a cigarette in your mouth, he lights the, the, the matches real quick and put it in and like lights your cigarette like super fast. Nice. While he's like making people's while he's making chai lattes for everyone. Man, I don't know how I feel about that because <laughs> nope. I don't know. It's just too risky to eat street food. <laughs> I find when you're in other places. When you're in other places, I I I Yes, I mean like I was like, if I, I were to go, if I were to go to like Trinidad or something, like yeah. you, you know who to go to. Yeah. Right. And it's like same deal. I assume in Jamaica too, where it's like, yeah, I was just about to say that, that I would tell people to get street food in Jamaica because it's freaking amazing. The, the most amazing soup and jerk pork you can get is on the side of the road. So yeah, I would say that. I mean, like, but then I even for that, like you go to particular ones. Uh, yeah, you get familiar and you go to particular yeah. ones that you know the service is good, you know, like, you know, this because, you know, people are people, you know, some people are, are, are sanitary and some people are not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, there's so many videos that are going viral now, like the street food in India where it's just oh, hands, I hands. hands. <laughs> I, think I mean, it's kind of wild because it's just like, India is such a big place, so I don't know if it's just like one area of India that particularly has that. But like, yeah, because some of them are so ridiculous. I see one, and this guy's like cutting this dough with his toenails, and I'm like, nah, 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 nah. bro, it. he's cutting. He has this long ass jagged toenail on his big toe, and he's no, cutting he... the dough with it. And I'm like, yo, that's... and he's frying it because it's supposed to be a dough that's supposed to be fried, so people are gonna eat it. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Because <laughs> at first, well... I'm like, these memes. I'm like, okay, these memes are kind of like, you know, they're funny, but I'm just like, come on. I mean, like, there's got to be some parts in India that does the, the the street food that are just like clean and whatever. But then I saw that and I was like, that's crazy, bro. Like, that's, that's normal. Crazy. It's just normal. Like, you could tell, like, he didn't th think of that idea on the spot. Like, he's doing it like he's been doing it for decades. Oh, man. That's wild. Crazy. <laughs> um, how did we meet? Yo, that's a crazy question. Um. Actually, I have assumptions. I don't have hmm. a solid answer for you of how we met, to be honest yeah. with you. I feel like it's either... Because, like, all the guests that I've had here, I know them, and I've met them before. I don't think I've had anybody on here who I haven't met. So it's like, yeah. I know how I met everybody. How did I meet you? That's I, I can't, for the life of me, remember. It's definitely... We didn't meet, like, independently. I'm pretty sure we met through a friend meetup or something. It was either at a okay. acting party okay. or, or something. But I, I've I've already known a few. Most of the people I've met move when I moved to Toronto, I already like knew about them through their mutual friends. But move here from people. where? Uh Brampton. Gotcha. Brampton's right there. Trying to talk like you're out of town. <laughs> nah, bro, Brampton's <laughs> deep, bro. And you get to Brampton, it's different, man. It just feels too too disconnected from the GTA to even. When like you were living in Brampton, 
Um, were you already friends with Leighton and Brendan? Uh, nah, I didn't even like it was when I met them that well, I knew Leighton because Leighton went to my high school, but he okay. was he was already going off to college by the time I met him uh, yeah. to Ryerson. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Brandon, I didn't meet till years later. Cool. It's Orville. <laughs> oh, no, I mean. Ryan Rosary. This guy. This guy. Okay, he can't hear what you. What am I doing there? How am I doing there? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't recall how we met. And like, it's, I, I watched those videos where it's like how how guys meet first day they just walk past each other third day they give each other a head nod fifth day they give each other a bigger head nod <laughs> seventh day they actually say yo what up to each other and then yeah. it's like and they don't even ask each other's names it's like then one yeah. day it's just like yo you good it's like yeah i'm good next day it's like yo did you catch the game full conversation starts and then it's like you guys are just legends <laughs> that's crazy wait hold up you were in you're in vancouver for a minute though yeah. Right? Did we meet yeah. before you were in Vancouver or after you? Oh, I don't know. I when did you when did you move to Toronto? I moved to Toronto in I would say 2016, 2017, one of those two years. Okay, I left 17. So left 17. yeah. So I don't know how fast you were out on the scene, on the acting scene when you moved here, but that would have been the only year. Yeah, then it would probably wouldn't be that year. So it's probably when you came back for something, and uh, probably after Nathan came back from Vancouver is when we met. Hmm. So that's like twenty nineteen. Okay. Twenty nineteen. Have a yogurt thing, but I'm eating rice out of it. You're eating rice. Hey, how kind of rice that? I made a kimchi fried rice this morning. Oh, say less, yo, bro. I've been wanting to make kimchi fried rice for so long. Korean food is my hands down my favorite food right now. Yeah, I just ate some Korean fried chicken before I came on this podcast, fam. I am stuffed, man. Oh, there's it's on the Food Network for the, um, I want to say it's like Iron Chef, like the Iron Chef host. Yeah, where um, it's on this cooking show, and then it was this like Korean lady talking about how Korean fried chicken is so good. And then the host, who's a white guy, in the most nerdiest way, explained that it's because of Black people from the war coming over and them discovering, like, frying chicken. So it was like, Korean fried chicken is, is still at the root, Black people cooking. <laughs> mm. Mm. But they do a damn pretty, they do a damn good job at it. I ain't gonna lie. Like, Korean oh, fried chicken. Nuts. Mad stupid. Yo. Yeah. That which, which, which spot no we live so close so it's like we probably check yeah, it's, it's, it's by dundas um young, young and dundas uh what is that spot what's young that and dundas nene nene chicken oh yeah yeah you okay, know about I it heard of him. yeah no nah, nene chicken is, is crazy mm. they're, they're, they're sweet and spicy chicken crazy i'm loyal to jollibees jollibees you know, I never really had Jollibee's. I know. We got to get on that. I know there's one near near where you're at right now, right on Queen Street. Yeah. But, but I haven't tried Jollibee's yet still. So dope. Um, I wanted to talk about, was it a short film um, where you were highlighting the, the patty? Yeah, it was a short doc documentary. 
what's that called? I was looking for it. Yeah, Patty versus Patty. Patty versus Patty. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and then what happened with that? Because that looked fun. Yeah, Patty versus Patty was um was a it was actually a, a really fun project. It's probably the project to this day that I'm so like I'm like over the moon proud of because it was about something about my culture that I didn't really know. Yeah, I was glad. I was I was grateful to be a part of a story that educated people and. Um, it's such a fun role because it's pretty much like a comedy, like a dramedy, and uh, the role was fun. I played Michael Davidson. He's the guy that um, the consumer and corporate affairs were trying to go into a store and tell him that he can't sell a patty because a patty is a burger, you know. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a conflict. People are gonna get confused. So they're gonna be like change the name or shut down your business, and they're just and he's like, I'm not gonna shut down my business. Always and this is this it. is based on a on a real person. This is this is the real person, yeah. Yeah, yes. That's a, crazy. Yeah. I love that story. Yeah, it's really it's it's really interesting. And he fought, uh, fought back, and he went into the news and everything with it. And then he went down to uh the corporate affairs office, and then won. And then the name that they settled on was that they were gonna call it the Jamaican Patty, mm. right? The simple solution. Uh, but because of that um drama that happened it made the, the patty more popular in toronto so much that the the guy michael davison started his own factory to create to manufacture patties and box them and ship them and he even shipped them back to jamaica because the stores in jamaica wanted to buy his patties so he kind of like wow. it was, yeah so it was it was it's really interesting that's crazy was what was what store then did he have uh, uh kensington Patty Palace. Is that still there? No, I know it's not there. No. Anymore. Yeah. No, 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 no. I think Gold Golden Patty. I, I'm not sure what street it was on, but like some of them are still there. Yeah. Uh, Golden Patty's there still. Gotcha. Cool. Um, one thing about podcasts that I highlight um is people's mental health struggles in their industry. Um, we've had a few actors on here and what was your journey? Like, what is it like, um, and how you're dealing with your mental health as an artist, as an actor? Um, I think the journey for me has like, I guess my perspective on my journey has changed throughout the years. Um, now where I'm at, it's more like, I understand that there is a long game being played here and, when things are, and I learned to unattach myself to just one, thing, you know, have different interests, you know, hobbies, things that, you know, make me who I am. So when one thing falls, like I have another thing to lean back on because I found before my journey was like acting is like what I do and this is like all I care about. So I attach myself to it. And then when the pandemic happened, I felt lost because the thing I attached my life to was no longer happening. You know, I'm so trying to say, say give me a timeline. A timeline of uh, when you had this discovery um, that I attached myself or after both, uh, both uh, well I, I, I the discovery came uh, from tw- in 2020 like the end of 2020 like in like September I remember and then ever since then it's just been a different uh, shift in mentality mm. Before then, what was that journey like then? Before you had this discovery, 
before then it was you know i uh i was being very passive in my um journey um meaning like i would you know only do the bare minimum i'll go to my classes and whatever and then wait for auditions to come and then i'll say i'm ready um so i was just being like at the whim i wasn't like i didn't i didn't fight for what i think i deserve like the agency i was with uh i know where did that why did you have that mentality i had that mentality because i didn't know like i felt it was so new in the industry that i felt like you know because i don't know i kind of just like tiptoe and see what's going on and learn that way mm-hmm. um so i had no one around me at the time to like you know people doing it at such a level that know so much because i haven't like accumulated those friends yet and those connections yet to guide me and tell me no like this is this and this is that so i'm just like feel like i was like here kind of like isolated trying to figure that out for myself mm-hmm. and it didn't help that the people at the time like some certain people that i was like came across with who were actors were having a very negative mentality about it and very, being very bitter about it so that didn't really help but so still, with them being bitter now is do you understand it <laughs> Uh yes, I do understand it, but because once I reached their the understanding, uh understanding them, I was already shifted my perspective on my journey and then I just mm, started like yeah. I get why you feel that way, but I promise you it, it complaining about it is only going to make it worse. It doesn't change anything and at the end of the day, yeah. you know, it's a long game, so it's just like there's going to be unjust, there's going to be so many hurdles and so much unfair stuff that are against us but like you know we have yeah. to find a way to like roll with the punches and kind of like move through that navigate mm-hmm. so that's why we need like you know a community of people yeah. from all walks of this industry to like you know watch each other's backs and guide each other forward it's it's a hard sell to try and get that type of community when you find it it's amazing but it's hmm. unfortunate that i i feel like the nepotism is insane it's crazy it's crazy and it's like that's why i did so well in vancouver mm. where it's not as i don't know maybe because it's also smaller and younger of a union out there but it's like i don't know they they just had a different mentality out there that you could really benefit from bringing that mentality over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I've never tested the Vancouver waters for acting. I had a lot of friends that moved out there, mutual friends that we shared that are, did really well over there. So like it, yeah. I was tempted to go over there at one point. I was like, "Oh shit." Yeah. But I'm just like I tried to switch the mentality to reverse mentality I'm like, "Nah. Everyone's <laughs> different to Vancouver. That means this is competition here." Ah. <laughs> that's interesting yeah, yeah. especially the black the, 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 the black guys everyone's like oh there's there's not a lot of black guys over there we're in demand right now yo let's all move yeah. like, let's move out of toronto then i'm the only one here let's go yeah that was literally the conversations of people having that were there yeah yeah but uh little did i know there was at least 20 <laughs> other niggas that thought of the same thing i thought of. so inside yeah. there every commercial and every audition yeah Well, let's let's explore that origin. Then what even made you want to get into acting? What were you doing before acting? Um subconsciously, it started like when I was like a little kid growing up in Jamaica because 
I grew up as an only child and I would always have an imaginative mind, imaginative mind. So, um, but then when I came up here uh, to Canada, uh, what I really wanted to do at first was to be a cinematographer or, or, or a director uh, because I just love movies. I love films, uh, but acting, because coming to a new country, I'm just like, I, don't know. I never thought of acting as a career, but at the same time, I was just like, I was too shy to even get into it. But then in high school, I took a film class, um, but I didn't read properly what I signed up for. And it was acting for a film. And I'm like, I want to mm. be behind the on in front. And the teacher gave me a week um, before I could switch a class or I'm stuck in here. So I'm like, I'll stick it out for the week. And if I don't like it, I'll leave. And I stuck the week out. I loved it. I kept going. My confidence kept building. And at the end of the term, the teacher said to me, Orville, you should probably consider this as a career. You're like, you're what, really good. What school is this? This was a Fletcher's Meadows Secondary School. It was in Brampton. Wow. Yeah. So shout out to Fletcher's. Yeah. So that's where. Who's really the teacher started. that told you that? Her name is Kim. Mm-hmm. Kim Thomas. She's a. She's actually really good friends with Onalike. If you. Yeah. Kim Thomas. Kim Thomas. Yeah. How crazy would it be if we just brought her on the show right now? Yo, that would be uh, yo. Around the corner, yo. <laughs> just yo, pop in. Show. Hey, Kim, yeah, you there? Yo, can you I, I wish. I wish. I want. I definitely want to get to that point. Just yo, like surprise you get people. To that point, bring me back. That's so crazy. <laughs> That's so funny. What if she just popped up right now and just you know what I mean? Hey, Orville, uh, Miss Thomas. <laughs> oh my it's god. One of those ones where it's like, yeah, I think I've seen some like some actors in that position where it's like they pull out the their childhood like teacher or something or like where Steve Harvey brought out like the ones that put him on like that white mm. that white couple one of yeah. those things bring them bring them back bring them back yeah bring them back we got to give people their flowers while they're still here man yeah oh man so yeah with that um tell me about bite of a mango that was a fun one yeah bite of a mango was uh was a fun movie and uh like also a great experience because we shot it in a time where there wasn't much going on in the industry because of COVID. And um, a lot of the people who worked on that film were, um, I guess they were, they were motivated. They were both. Can you, can you, can you talk about that? Like you guys were filming, you guys were filming through COVID. Yeah. COVID lasted three years, bro. Right. So it's like, what was, I guess, with everything being locked down like what was the the rules the rules was well we had to have a, a covid person there there's a standard practice and uh we had to have a actor oversee everything that's happening making sure uh people get tested and that they um the, what's it called the, the social distances rule were being like you know obviously being followed yeah no one got COVID on that set um and, and you can watch the movie you can even tell that you know uh we try we shot it as minimally as possible minimal background and everything because it was just it's a crazy time to make a movie you could, you could tell in a lot of movies and a lot of tv shows that come out of netflix during yeah. covid or post-covid you see how empty it is you know <laughs> but ours i because we we it's not like we were prepared for that, but it's just like it's an independent film. So it's just like you were already trying to navigate and finessing things that the finesse just came naturally. And it just worked with the climate because like we we had access to many more locations. And um, 
uh, people had more time, uh, like scheduling wasn't the issue. So it kind of like helped the film in a way. Yeah. And the fact that the film also spoke about the pandemic. So, you know, it kind of just like, you know. Was then this film a concept before the pandemic then? Um, Bite of a Mango? Yeah. A concept before? Yeah. Uh, like if it was drafted before? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure to be honest with you. Um, I'd have to ask the writer uh, when they yeah. drafted it up and when they adjusted it or they actually wrote it yeah. for the pandemic. I'm not sure about that. That'd be interesting. Not, yeah. It'd be Ron, right? Yeah, Ron, Ron, Ron and Ozzy wrote the film. Sick. And uh yeah, but they, they have I feel like there's a lot of lag right now. Okay, hold on, hold on. Is this better? Yeah, I think that was good enough. Okay. Yeah, can you hear me? Okay, we're back. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> now we're laughing at that was that, they... that was CBS shutting us down. They can't use yeah. that. <laughs> they're gonna say, "Hey, yo, chill out. Wait, hold on." <laughs> no, I was just laughing at the fact that they have so many like films and and stuff that they already have in the works. So it's just like yeah. this film, Fight of a Man, could have been written. Five ten years ago, and it's never got made until the pandemic, and then they uh, yeah. just for the pandemic. It that's just how it is. They just always have like stuff on the go, and they move like they move like G's, you know, silence, yeah. lasagna. Hmm. And we'll be right back after this short message. But in the meantime, don't forget to connect with us on our Instagram at playon2013, and tell us what you think about the show. Do you like mangoes? <laughs> of course you do. And if you don't, well, I'm sure there's a high chance you might know someone who does. Well, the Two Degrees Podcast is sponsored by Peeled Fruit. No, not just random fruit that's been peeled, but the children's book about a mother's love language of peeling mango for her baby. Available for delivery on bookbaby.com, bookshop.org, Barnes & Noble, Powell's, and Amazon, just to name a few of the retailers. It even ships worldwide. Check out at Peeled Fruit Book on Instagram for more information on how to get your copy of this heartwarming story. Peeled Fruit, illustrated by Rhoda Domingo. Now, back to the show. Are you are you able to speak on um, Morningside? Uh, I could touch up on it. Yeah, I'll let you How's... know when we're. Yeah, give us give us a little uh, intro of Morningside and congrats with being a part of it. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, Morningside, uh, same production that did um, Butter for Mango, Ron and Ozzy, and um, it's a uh, it's basically a film about um, a community center that's uh, getting torn down to build um, condos. So it's like the area is being gentrified, and it's just the stories of the people who formed a community within the community center and how their lives are being affected by it. And it's, it's, it's kind of like a coming of age kind of story with multiple different characters. You meet them, you love them. You see how different characters from different storylines kind of like intersects and, and interact with each other. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a film where I feel like everyone will kind of like resonate with each different story that's being told. Mm. Yeah. In terms so, of it resonating, like 
tell me about locations. Locations, yeah, we we were blessed enough to have like a really good location in Scarborough, because uh, I think it was important for the film to be shot in the area that it's talking about, just to yeah. keep it a level of authenticity there, right? So yeah. they got most of their location in Scarborough's, uh, the houses that the families and and different people live in, and the community center, which was like amazing, it was a huge community center. So it provided a lot of like different variations of like places to shoot. And to tell a story about all these characters like going to the community center without it feeling like you know samey, you know what I'm trying to say? Making yeah. one location look like many is is like is like is like really cool. Yeah. So that yeah, the location thing came clutch. Man, that's cool. Oh, not gonna lie, kind of sad I didn't get to be a part of it, but you know it's whatever. It's cool. I'm, oh, you know, it's, I'm, it's, honestly, it's it's okay. No, you know what? Don't even want to talk about it anymore. It's, <laughs> No, honestly, on the reels though, I think you would have been a you would in a you would have been a great Josh for the movie. It mm. was the Filipino character part of the Filipino uh, storyline. I think you would have been yeah. great for that, to be honest with you. Wow. So wow. I'm also sad that you weren't for the movie. That was racist. That was racist. Hey, what do you mean? <laughs> you don't fill the Filipino roles? Is that it? I can't, such a I, can't, I can't fill any other role. It has to be the Filipino role. That's it's cool. No, that role is particular. You don't <laughs> trust cool. me. You want that role. He's number two on the call sheet. What are you talking about? Wow. You You're not good enough for number lead? one. Wow. That's cool. You want to be what? the lead? That's whatever. The lead is I a can... black woman. Can you be a yeah. black woman? Yeah, I can. You can't I be am. a black woman. I am. I have that in me. I, I've been... I, everyone has it in them. Let me see it. It's there. That's that can't go there. Gotta pay me first. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta pay you first. Trying to, hey man, so write a passage in Hollywood. Every trying to get canceled right now. <laughs> <laughs> I get a cast right now, though. <laughs> What's your impersonation of this big black woman that you can see? Yeah. <laughs> have you have you heard about that movie? There's a movie about this like radio this guy who wants to have a radio show, but no one's listening to it. So he pretends to be a black woman. He like he mm. changes his voice. It's a super white dude. And I'm just like, I can't believe. I can't believe there's a movie coming out like this. It's coming I out. I wish I remember the name so I could tell you. Huh? It's out already? It's out. Because I saw this commercial for it like a year and a half ago. Bro. Where do you see commercials? YouTube. Oh, yeah. That's fair. That's YouTube, funny. Right? Nobody's watching TV anymore, so they have to advertise through fucking YouTube. They have to advertise through YouTube. Why That's am I clever. Saying... Yeah, it's crazy. But like... They need to chill because, like, some of these movies, <laughs> these trailers are like three minutes, and then the, the 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 ad comes up, and you can't skip it. I'm just like, why am I watching the last voyage to the to the Debner with demeanor or whatever? And it's a three minute trailer, and I can't skip it. And it comes on every thirty second of me watching the video. Like, how much oh. money did you guys pay for this ad? That's so funny. Would you ever it's... have? Are you are you uh paying a YouTube subscription? Nah, we just okay. I talked about that with a friend the other day. I'm not doing that. Yeah, doing that. That's funny. YouTube, you're not getting my money <laughs> here, because you guys are already oppressing a lot of your 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 people. Them, you know, monet. What's it? Demonetizing them. I don't even like that word. Demonetizing them. So give Which, the people the money back. Who's de- <laughs> who's demonetizing <laughs> for what? No, because I I I I watch a lot of YouTube videos and like the uh the people I watch you know once they, they have at least one video of them saying like yo youtube is being like what mm. like with this monetization stuff so the format of the ch- the format of the channel kind of has to change and like they have more strict rules oh. around 
like swearing and, and stuff like just very little things and it just like if you're if you have a video that's like keeps making money because every year someone watches a million yeah. more people watch keeps giving you money if that now video that has been saving your ass with money falls under their regulations it de it's demonetized and that you lose that stream of income so i'm just like that's crazy that's yeah. crazy yeah man so, so many getting my money fair <laughs> no i i wouldn't pay for that shit that's crazy no i'm paying for that um in my journal i have a journal prompt thing and it has every day on it and let's find out how your day was january um what was peaceful about today what was peaceful about today that's a really good question um i guess waking up this morning was pretty peaceful i had my i just got up read my book and uh, drank my coffee. Girlfriend's just leaning right under my armpits. It's great. It's very that, peaceful. It's yeah. Quiet. Nice. I like that. What? Uh, what is your relationship with? Um, I guess being okay with like being at peace. Does that make sense? What is my relationship? <laughs> yeah, I understand. Um. Uh, I guess. Did it always come easy? Did peace come easy to you? Does it come easy to you? No, peace. Peace comes e easier to me now, but it doesn't come easy at all. Hmm. Um, because you know it's something that you have to. It's it's both a choice and a way of being. Uh, because a lot of times you have to choose peace. Um, especially like when you're going through stuff you're being anxious about the future or you feel depressed about something that happened in your past you know you kind of have to that's when you let that go that's you choosing peace and sometimes mm -hmm. just being peaceful means like you know how you wake up um i read i read this book and it was just like how you start your morning can like affect how your entire day goes so starting your morning no music no sound no screens uh, drinking some water, you know, do some light movement, say something that you're grateful for, kickstarts your day. So that's just like you just being, and then it'll just like you automatically. That's how you'll be through most of the day. But you know, shit happens. You know, someone cuts you off. You'll be driving, and someone cut you off, and then that mood switches. But you gotta. That's when you choosing peace has to come through. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it works in both in both realms. Hmm. Interesting. Now, peace is peace is an interesting emotion emotion sensation feeling what mm -hmm. would just fall under but i don't know i feel like that word especially when it comes to being an actor mm. where i feel like peace is very hard to find when you're on this career path i agree um and i think it's in a way a good thing that you don't find peace easily at all mm -hmm. because I feel like as an artist, um, even though we want to like get our work to a place where it's just what we do and we just, you know, we get paid to do it and we do it leisurely when we want to, but inherently going, the, having that lifestyle makes you kind of like want to, want to struggle. You, you use that, 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 that entropy, that, that, that feeling of like, on be, being like erratic or whatever you're feeling at the moment that's not peace 
and you use it to channel that into your art. And in a way, it's like just being at peace is like just being a flat line, whereas that, that entropy that happens when it levels out, it's like it gives you an even more rewarding sensation that you've like, you bat you're not just got through the storm, but you used it and created something beautiful with it. That's what I think. You know, mm. that's just a, a, <laughs> a, a perspective I have on it. Yeah. Hmm. No, that's fascinating. So what is like in the world and in the day of Orville when he's not acting? Yeah, so going back to what I was saying before, like I practiced not attaching myself to just acting alone. Um, hmm. Try to find connections with many different things. I found a connection with um, martial arts. So I do Muay Thai, Krav Maga. Uh, so that's something that I have that's an outside interest of acting. Um, I love playing video games, man. I love to like get lost in a world. I love um, a, a different alternate uh, narrative uh, that's not a TV or movies. Love TVs and movies as well, but like I wouldn't say they're my hobbies or I watch a lot of them. Yeah. Have um, you have you done a mocap um, thing yet? Bro, I've been wanting to do mocap for so long. I've had one audition recently, and I, I really feel like I've nailed it. But you know, you know, I knew who it was for, and I knew that they love nepotism, so you know, it is what it is. But mm. I'm glad they, they took the tape because I didn't get the audition. I, a friend of mine had the audition, and I'm just like, but wait, I called my agent. I'm just like, hey man, can, can you push for this because like this is mm. crazy. I've seen this this casting director yet, and they're being they're being clicky. Oh man, being clicky, eh? Where are you at in terms of doing the rules for like casting, like auditions? Like, how how important is like the casting director's notes and stuff for you? Uh, I think they're 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 pretty important when when the notes are like when, when, it, when it makes sense because some of the notes in the breakdowns don't make any sense yeah. uh, and you kind of find it with characters that aren't like necessarily like subs substantial in the story in terms of like you know the principal and leads they get the bigger chunks but like when yeah. you're going for like your little principal your actors and your principals it's just like i don't know blake 26 dark haired ready for the journey and i'm like okay what's the journey <laughs> what i'm buying i'm buying liquor from the convenience store what what is this is it is, is what is this so it 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 i i've grown to love when they don't give me a lot of descriptions because then i'm just like okay i'll just do whatever i want but when there's a lot of descriptions i try to follow it as much as possible with adding my own flair just so because you know if 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 you get an audition procedurals are, are very like are a trap I love going out for procedures, but I feel like they're a trap because when you read a procedural, say you're a lawyer and you know everyone has this audition and you read the lines that they are, it's like I want to be in the audition room because I'm sure like 90% of them must sound and look the exact same. Like you you open open the file, the the folder with all the auditions that that's submitted to you, and you expand in the thumbnails, and you just see like 50 dudes in a white shirt and black tie, and it's freaking yeah. crazy. So it's good sometimes to just go against the rules. I do that especially for commercial auditions when I have mm. to tape for it. I should a whole skit just for the hell of it. That's crazy. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, where I'm at. That's, that's, that's where I'm at with that. 
Yeah. Is it just acting for you then too, or are you exploring directing, writing, producing? I am exploring directing. I recently uh, directed my first short film uh, this past uh, November, October. Um, mm. It's a horror film. Um, shot it in Georgetown. Uh, so shout out to Georgetown. And it was a wonderful experience. Why um, shout out Georgetown? Why shout out the location? Shout out Georgetown for just being so dead and having so many abandoned buildings that we can just show up there and no one will bat an eye because no one cares. <laughs> so shout out Georgetown for being and for first of all, yeah, and, and oddly enough, when we were driving there, one of the guys in the car was just like, Do you know Georgetown has one of the has a as a KKK group? And I'm like, What? Why are we here? Where are we here? Wait, wait, wait. First of all, we're going on property. Oh people are already going to get sussed out with the amount of people here. And you tell me the KKK is lurking? You're dumb, fam. And I'm the only black guy here? You're dumb, fam. Right? I hope you guys are ready to protect me. I hope you guys are ready to protect me. This is crazy. <laughs> Was anybody, like, did they, did they get wind? Did anybody show up? <laughs> Uh yeah, people showed up, but they weren't. It was like people who were also just going for a leisurely walk through an abandoned building. So nobody, so, nobody with a hood showed up. Nobody, nobody with a hood showed up. None of the clan members showed up. Thank God. I know they were probably looking far on. There he is, Ed. But like, I, I they didn't show. We got the fuck out of there as fast as we could. It started raining. It was like a horror film shooting the horror film. <laughs> crazy. The That's cameraman. Crazy. The cameraman fell down the hole. He fell down a fucking hole. Oh my god! But here's the thing, though. It wasn't even like, it wasn't even like a. The way it happened was so dumb. It was when we wrapped and we're shooting downstairs in the basement, the last horror scene, and we're coming up with the other two actors, and we're just, and he's just like, "Yo, let's scare them because it's so dark." And he's and we're going we're going into this door frame, and I go to the left side of the door frame. He's trying to go to the right to scare them, and I look over at him, and I see him go. <laughs> right down with the fucking camera in his hands so there's like a the, the building is like so rotten there's like a a little dugout there because it got eroded and he fell down if it, if he was if it was any deeper we, he would have died he, how was, he how was cameras done Half his body was gone his toes hit the bottom so he could like stand but if it was oh, like, okay it, like deeper like you know another mm. like five foot deeper it's over for him yeah that was crazy. Yeah. We almost lost the cameraman. I mean, hmm. we got we got all footage, so you know. Yeah. Shooting horror now. What's your opinion on horror movies? Because personally, there isn't really a horror movie that's come out in the last ten years. Like, there's a lot of films out there that claim to be horror, but I feel like they've lost that horror side. I don't know if it's people trying to not be disgusting or whatever but yeah there's there's nothing and then it's like what stood out of you know the film slasher yeah um no sorry not slasher no it's right uh uh it's not for no, no 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 um it was the one keanu was in oh fear street fear street that trilogy yeah i love that where that was like the thing that got that me was, was we, you got to see the knife go through yeah it was very gruesome where i think that's something that's been missing especially and it's like it's the same stories over and over because i think the rule is like in order for it to be a, a horror movie 
it can touch on supernatural. It can touch on, um, fuck, what is it? The first, the thriller. So supernatural, um, like the the slasher. The slasher is the definition of a horror. And then there's another thing that supernatural. That's supernatural. That that'd be supernatural. But like these films nowadays, they don't cover any of these. I agree. Yeah. So, like, what 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 was your experience with this film and trying to be true to this horror genre? I agree. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't even want to get into directing horror films or even acting a horror film. But I love horror films. I love watching it. I'm more mm. of an observer of horror films. I don't I don't feel like I wanted to participate in one. What's so your What's film, your favorite horror film? That's a tough question, man. That's 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 hard. Um, Let's digress. Go down this rabbit hole. What, what's yours i don't like horrors <laughs> oh you don't like horrors that's so i don't like horrors and then that's another oh. thing that kind of like i didn't like them because they scared the shit out of me i was oh, scarred I from a scream oh, sc- <laughs> that fucked me up and there was a there's a corner in my house where the light fell through the stairway and yeah. so it was just a round spot on a white wall so whenever i turned that corner I just see that, like, I, the scream mask. That's what I saw. But, like, yeah, no, I don't like horror. And then like, there was another time where I was doing a press, to, uh, press junket for um, a horror film that I did. And then, like, they asked me, it's like, um, what do you think about horror films? And I said, I hate them. I, I don't like watching them. I get scared. And then afterwards, like, my publicist was like, you can't say that you hate horror films. <laughs> you're supposed to promote it i know because <laughs> like because especially filming it like i personally wasn't in any of like the scary scenes mm. so it's like my filming experience of it wasn't even a horror film i see yeah i mean you got away because you don't like your horror so you're fine no covered in blood but like i want to say the difference between the first saw and the last saw is Ooh, yeah. gigantic it's a where huge difference. i think because like the first saw couldn't watch the second saw didn't even try it yeah. third and then it's like now it's like oh i can watch it this is nothing yeah yeah it's true i've watched i've been a huge fan of the saw franchise for a minute um and it's it used to be one of my favorites the older ones mm. because it was so hard to watch and i'm just like that's true horror if you can get me to do this you got me but like no movie has gotten me like that in a while uh, but saw the last one I watched. It was kind of interesting because it was a prequel before the the, the I think the, the one of the first or second saws. And I'm like, how are you gonna do a prequel almost like two decades later? Or, or, yeah. or how are you gonna get this old man to play that younger version of himself? Mm. And I'm looking at him in the film, and I'm just like, okay, you did something to his face to look young, but look at his bones, the way this man's moving. He's been doing this for 20 years. <laughs> and that lady, why you do her like that? You have to peel off her makeup now. Like, it's That's okay. Funny. Don't do the prequel 20 years later unless you're going to hire a new cast. Like, why would you do this? <laughs> but, like... But then back yeah. to you. Back to your film and, and trying to make it true. Uh, yeah, so my film, I really like psychological horrors. 
And um, I wanted to do that with uh, doing a, a play on like a childhood. I love when like childhood games turn be turned into like dark twisted things. So I took the childhood game of red light, green light, and then turned it into a horror movie where this entity follows you and it's playing a game of red light, green light with you. So you have to look at it for it to stop moving. And every time you look away, it gets closer and co- closer until it catches you. And it- That's the video game too, right? Huh? There's like a video game like that, no? There is. Uh, I don't know if there's a... I haven't played or heard of any video game like that, but I've played a video game that had that concept in it. And it mm. was Ghostwire Tokyo. Mm. And I drew inspiration from one of the scenes in there. Nice. And uh, yeah, I, I drew inspiration from that and the movie It Follows, which goes back to the question you asked me, is one of my favorite horror movies. Hold it on, follows. Hold on. It's it Follows. Mm-hmm. It's the one where like, you kind of have to have sex with the other person to pass it on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I hate that you say that that's your favorite horror movie. Why? You don't like it? You're such a liar. No, it can't be. I hated it. I hated Why it. Why did you hate the movie? Because the whole time my message was, oh, this movie is propaganda for to use a condom because this is just an STD. This is how STDs get passed around. Okay, yeah, sure. Like, just ignore that part. It's a that's the you can't ignore part. it because that is how you have to pass it on. Is you have to have sex with somebody. Yeah, hundred. Like grow the fuck. <laughs> like really. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I honestly like I've heard about that movie long before I watched it, and it's because mm. of the concept where I didn't the, like the synopsis. I'm like, this sounds stupid, but watching, I really liked how they played out the horror moments and that it could be anything and anyone following you. And I love the shots in the movie. Like I love movies like that, that the Babadook. Mm. And like hereditary are like really good horror movies to watch. I mm. think they're kind of slow burns, but like it's a it's a psychological aspect that they're building up. Paranormal Activity also a goat goat movie. The first one, and two. one and two. Yeah, one one and two is pretty good. Yeah, one, two. That, I think that was the first horror movie I watched. I don't remember if it was part one or part two, but there's a scene in it, and the guy goes into the shed. And there's a bunch of witches in there, like old ladies, and they all like turn to him. And I remember that moment vividly because the first time I ever watched a movie where I had to pause it to turn on all the lights in my house. <laughs> I've done that. Scary. Yeah. That shit was scary to me. Man. That's so that shit. Yeah. And then, so now you're directing as well. And then is it yeah. going to go, is it going to stay in that vein of horror genre or do you want to explore? No, I'm definitely going to explore. Ultimately, I want to do sci-fi. Because I mm. just love sci-fi, but I also feel like sci-fi genre is a hard genre to nail because it's so it's so big and it's just like there's so much room for creativity, but it's hard to like ground it where people can like really attach themselves to it. Uh, like we, we like Star Wars, Star Trek, and all those big hitters, like they're still hitting to this day. Like it's it's like I personally, you can like you know throw a movie in. I don't know any other movie that's franchise has come out that's like that's like challenged that you know in terms of like blockbuster hits. I love Interstellar, but you know it's not like a a a sci-fi franchise. And I would love to create a franchise of sci-fi movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. It's sick, but like that that I put that in its own little category because mm. that's Why? one of my favorite movies of all time. Why would he be putting? another category than sci-fi no i put it in a different category because it is sci-fi but i feel like it's so i don't know i i it 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 wasn't like too 
sci esoteric like sci-fi like you know there wasn't fucking like robots and aliens and like intergalactic travel it was like a human story and the sci-fi element is just like humanity you know like living different lives and i'm just like that's the sci-fi element and it's just like it's not what the whole movie is the movie's just good that's the, that's that's the that's the genre it belongs into a good film but because yeah. like i don't know i feel like it was in that trend of multiverse it wasn't the trend facts and it's like that's what was hot. That's what was hitting at the time. So because we were so already exposed to it, that concept, I think it made it easier to swallow. Facts. I agree. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I, it definitely came out in the right climate, but I feel like it came out in the right climate, but it did something really uh, familiar in a unique way. And mm. told a human story, so that's like one of the reasons I kind of like put it above all the other like multiverse kind of thing. I mean, like the Marvel, they're known for it. You know, they kind of like you know started that big wave, but like you know, yeah. it 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 was just hype. It was hype, but it wasn't like it wasn't grounded. You know, that's what I feel. Marvel don't come for me, please. <laughs> I'm not coming for me to like you know work, but don't come for me, please. That's so funny, man. Orville. Thanks for coming, man. Thank thanks you. For, thanks for, for gracing, gracing the podcast. Um, one thing about the podcast, too, is it's brought to you by the Play On Foundation, which is a charity that focuses on raising funds and awareness for brain aneurysm development and prevention. Um, so curious to know if, like, if your family has gone through a loss from anything like what's the word hereditary that's passed down health wise genetically yeah i've lost uh a couple of people to uh cancer hmm. um it's on both sides of the family uh my grandma my uh dad's side and i believe one of my aunts on my mom's side um so that's just that's been a thing and and we have um a history of diabetes on both sides of the family as well and mm. i don't know if we've lost anyone to diabetes but i know it runs like deep yeah uh, family um like taking a taking a turn in in the conversation and where but like the concept of grief what is grief to you and what's your means your tools of escaping it grief is kind of just it's hard for me to define it i guess it's just like a feeling of being lost and overwhelmed by your emotion at the same time um and i feel like every time i felt grief i've my initial reaction the way i deal with it i don't think it's necessarily healthy um like i'll i don't know I, i'm not a drinker or anything but like you know i'll i'll, I'll smoke uh, i'll go to the gym which is healthy but at the same time i feel like i do a lot of ego lifting so i can like hurt myself mm -hmm. a little bit. um but what has helped me what i arrive at eventually is just like you know 
it's just I go back to like spirituality like I I just I meditate I I talk to God about what I'm feeling because I I used to keep a journal um it just got tedious for me so I decided just like talk out loud what I'm feeling inside with just me and and God with no one in particular and that kind of like helps me navigate my own emotions mm. so that's kind of like what I retreat to in the end but most of the time when the grief hits at first I handle it with like a distraction in order just to like you know suppress the pain a little bit but have I'm working, you, I'm working on it. yeah have you always had the same outlook of it or has it changed since you've become an artist I think it has changed since becoming an artist. Uh, since I've become an artist, uh, I will say at one point, um, once I stepped into the world of of acting, um, there was a lot of like ego that I had that I didn't that I wasn't aware of, and one of them was just like when I was going through despair, grief. I'm just like, oh, these are the juicy emotions that they want on film. You'll give me an audition right now and tell me I have to be at my father's grave. I'm ready for that and I'm going to book it. <laughs> I was thinking of just like, how is it going to serve me? You know what I'm trying to say? You know, usually they say let go of things that doesn't serve you, but now I'm just trying to like, no, I'm, I'm going to make this bend to my will and give mm. me something out of it. And I thought I was going to just, every time something breaks me, makes me a better actor. And in in, in in reality, it does, you know, yeah. you, you're broken by something, you recover, you become stronger. That's just the reality of it. But as an actor, when you're just like, with the ego that comes in and you're just like, then that's when you can be like, that's when you get messy because you're just like, you start seeking that. But it's not about seeking, it's about like dealing it with it when it, when it arrives. So that's what I'm learning hmm. to like go that ego side of it because that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Orville, man. Thanks for coming. Did you did you have anything that you wanted to plug in particular that's going on right now? Uh I guess one thing I could plug um is that for the film Morning Side, um we're doing a collaboration with the Boys and Girls Club uh with this Yemoja Village project where we're selling Morningside hoodies. Um, and yeah, every purchase, all the proceeds from the hoodies go back to the charity to help build affordable housing in Scarborough. Oh, what is that? What is that? He came in the other day. Hey, and he got the morning side hoodie. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, it just yes. it literally came the other day. That's crazy. Oh, that's, that's so, so funny. Sick. That's so sick. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. So yeah, that's that's just what I want to plug. It's just for the Yamoja project to to develop and build affordable housing, uh, for in um Scarborough. Nice. Uh, so that's like another legacy the movie will be leaving behind. So just that's passing so cool. on, keeping. This. Yeah, but thank you, man. Thank you for getting that sweater. Let's go. Yeah, man. I'm supporting. I'm supporting. Um, yeah, Orville again. Thanks for coming, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of season four of the Two Degrees podcast. Um, don't forget to learn more about the Play On Foundation. Check out www.letsplayon.org and see how you can become part of that fight against brain aneurysms. Other than that, that's like the worst Naruto. <laughs> do you know that stuff? Do you, do you actually know it? No, I don't know that. Oh, man. So <laughs> that, I would 
Honestly, I would have been impressed. I would have been like, <laughs> no, 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 no. But Orville, Orville Cummings, check him out. Um, follow him on Instagram. Uh, links, everything, and I'll put in below in the description. And uh, yeah, support the movie Morningside and definitely learn more about it. Other than that, thank you all for tuning in. Peace. Gang. Thank you all for tuning in. Artwork by Monique Lizardo. Music by Kate Cole. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, subscribe, share, tag us, whatever all the fun things people do when they like something. But most importantly, check out www.letsplayon.org for the Play On Foundation and lend your voice in bringing awareness to the neurological research for brain aneurysm detection and prevention. My name's Chavi. See you next time on the Two Degrees Podcast.